2: Meghan and Harry's documentary coming to Netflix next month and we've got all the details. I think, you know, Meghan has said a couple of times that she really wants to tell her side of things, set the record straight. And something that we've talked about in the past is that Meghan, what Meghan remembers isn't always what everyone else remembers. Plus, the royal family rides in a carriage procession
1: as Queen Camilla pays tribute to Queen Elizabeth.
3: Over the past few months, my husband and I have drawn immense comfort from the messages of condolence that we have received
1: plus editor-in-chief of true royalty tv nick bullen breaks down the latest royal headlines and further reveals the truth behind the crown
3: um, i think they didn't even go far enough in looking at how Bashir got the interview i mean they sort of touched on it you know it was incredibly fraudulent what went on there so i think that's one section
1: we've got that plus so much more in today's royally us hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to royally us i'm christina that's christine and welcome to uh a not so big week of royal
2: news. <laughs> was, there wasn't a lot going on, but I think the little things that we saw, the events that we saw were actually really big in terms of the new royal family that we're seeing. Exactly, yeah. We're going to break it all down in just a second, but of course we have to see what you guys said about last week's show.
1: Bar- Barbara said, Christine, I agree with you about certain things that were missing from The Crown Season 5. One of the things that stood out for me was there was no mention of James Hewitt, who was in Diana's life for a long time, and she described him as the love of her life. Why do you think there was no mention of him?
2: Good question. I I love this comment, yeah. Barbara, because as soon as I read it, I was thinking to myself, you're so right. How did you leave out this entire, you know, chapter of this drama? Mm-hmm. And I think they sort of, you know, they play a little bit in the last season on Diana having her own affairs. Um, but I think that the crown they're trying to depict a larger narrative this season and so they've left out things that didn't tell the story that they were trying to get to at the end which is a shame because we've missed so many really interesting um historical moments
1: totally i couldn't agree with you more um lane says do you think harry and megan will be attending his father's coronation in may of 2023 in light of a soon to be released memoir will that keep him and megan attending the coronation in may I mean, I guess it really depends on what's in this book and what's in this documentary and how bad the bridges could be burned. I mean, I think it all depends on what we're
2: gonna see in the next couple months. I totally agree. You know, there's been lots of rumors about last minute edits being done. I think that the documentary and the book come out within a couple of weeks of each other and maybe they're hoping that between, you know, January 8th and, you know, May, they have enough time to sort of cool any tensions that might arise. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, all right, well, let's
1: get into our, <laughs> our royal roundup. And the Prince and Princess of Wales joined King Charles and Queen Camilla in a horse-drawn carriage procession through London to Buckingham Palace as part of the first state visit of the new monarch's reign. The royal pageantry carried the visit, uh, the visiting South African president to the palace as the British royal family carried out a full ceremonial welcome. While the uh, while the president rode with King Charles and Queen Camilla in the Irish state coach, Kate and William were in the Australian coach with South Africans foreign minister. The carriage, of course, was a gift to Queen Elizabeth from Australia in May of 1988 to mark the Austra- Australian bicentennial. So yeah, this is the um, first state visit of the new monarch's reign, a big, um, Uh, state dinner is going to be taking place. Uh, so yeah, a lot,
2: a lot's going on. Um, it's so exciting. I think to see these very Royal occasions. I mean, you don't see these state coaches very often. And it's one of the few times we've seen William and Kate in this, um, in the state coaches as part of a state reception. Um, or a state visit, I should say. And it's just a, t- a sign of the, the change in role. You know, William and Kate are now Prince and Princess of Wales. Kate wore a really iconic um, Princess of Wales brooch today that's been passed down through the generations. Just a reminder that you know, the monarchy is, is different now.
1: Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, we filmed this just so everybody is aware we filmed this the day before. <laughs> so the state dinner is happening, uh, the night that we're filming this, so we're not going to be able to talk about the tiaras that are going to be worn. And I- the- the so royal excited. dresses, <laughs> but we will have a full breakdown next week. I promise. But I'm sure everybody, please let us know in the comments what you
2: think about um, what everybody was wearing to these state dinners because that's definitely, definitely. going to get people talking. This is going to be a big tiara moment, and I'm just going to say, if she wears the lovers' not tiara again, I'm going to be disappointed. There is so many other options, so let's we'll, we'll have to see. It'll be funny if I'm right or wrong on this. All <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: all right. Well, moving on to uh, Queen Consort Camilla, she honored the late Queen Elizabeth II while speaking with guests during a royal reception. Two months after her death, uh, she welcomed a group of young writers who had entered the Queen's Commonwealth Essay Competition to join her at Buckingham Palace on November 17th. During the gathering, like we said, she took some time to pay tribute to Queen Elizabeth, so take a quick look.
3: I cannot begin without paying tribute to my dear mother-in-law. Her late Majesty, who is much in our thoughts today and who is so greatly missed by us all, She had been patron of the Royal Commonwealth Society since 1952.
1: Nice of her to take some time and thank everyone for the well wishes that they have received over the past few months from people all over the world. And like she said, she is greatly missed
2: it's, you know, it's, I think we're going to see a lot of these moments of tribute over the next year. I know one thing I'm really looking forward to and not looking forward to is the Christmas message, the King's Christmas message. We're going to see a lot of um, moments of remembering and paying tribute to Queen Elizabeth II. Mm -hmm. And they're always so, it's it's so strange and so moving. I mean, even you know, it's been several months now and that seems impossible. Right. (laughs) Right. It does. It really does seem impossible
1: that it's been several months since um, the Queen's passing. It's, you know, it seems like it was yesterday that we were talking about the funeral and things like that it's just time goes by so fast it really does um well moving on to um actor and dancer Mikhail barish barish I, can, I can't say it right he's Ale- alexander petrovsky <laughs> to me um he visited buckingham palace and received a prestigious award that was first awarded by the late queen elizabeth it also marked the first solo reception that camilla had carried out um at buckingham palace Um, So, of course, like you said, he, of course, is a legendary uh, ballet dancer who starred as Carrie Bradshaw's love interest um, as Alexander Petrovsky in Sex and the City. So he was honored by the Royal Academy of Dance with their highest accolade, the Queen Elizabeth II Coronation Award. As Camilla, who wore a ballerina brooch on her teal coat, greeted her guest, she told him that it's a great honor to be able to give you the award. Nobody deserves it more. I mean, yes, like I said, we know him as um, (coughs) from Sex and the City, but he is a legendary ballet dancer. he's a
2: legendary ballet dancer he actually has a really rich and diverse career but all of the comments on instagram were that it's alexander petrovsky i mean (laughs) it is funny how he's that's become such an iconic character for him um and we all you know remember that that season very well but i think it's great to see camilla stepping into her new role sort of taking on bigger um events and royal engagements to represent her new role as queen It's been really interesting to see the shift happening.
1: It really has. And I feel like she's done a good job. And, you know, in the past few months, she's really taking on this role. Not like she wouldn't have taken it seriously, but she's, you know, really, you know, taking it seriously and, you know, paying respects to the queen and, you know, having these solo engagements. So we're definitely
2: going to be seeing her a lot more. And it seems like she is well prepared for the role. Yes, definitely. I think it's it must be a difficult position for her to be in after the last three decades. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm. I think she's doing tremendously well. Right, and especially after the past few weeks from the Crown as well. So <laughs> I'm sure, all
1: that back <laughs> bring it all back up. Bring it all back up. Well, the Princess of Wales visited the Reading Ukrainian Community Center, where she met displaced Ukrainian families and heard about the support the center is providing to those arriving in the UK as a result of the conflict in Ukraine. She was greeted with a traditional ukrainian cake learned about how the center has adapted their services in recent months and she also met families who are supported by the center to, and to uh, hear their stories she was joined uh, she joined children taking part in an art session and she received a special piece of art created by a five-year-old girl who wrote kate i love you alongside a heart and rainbow drawings the two also posed for photos together she took a seat on kate's lap i mean these are just day, uh, days that these people will remember forever
2: it's um, been really interesting to see the Princess of Wales's relationship and involvement with the Ukrainian refugees in the UK. Um, and she seems to have developed a relationship with Ukraine's first lady as well. We found out this week that they've actually been working closely, Kate's working with the Ukrainian first lady um, to come up with ways to support Ukrainian refugees and those who are sort of going through this in- incredible conflict that so many of us can't wrap our head around in 2022. And a lot of um, a lot of the time, we'll see. You know, Kate had a meeting, and we won't know what it's about. And it turns out. This event was based off of meetings that she had had um, over the last few weeks. And it's good to know that royals are working behind the scenes, even if we don't see them, they're carrying out this really important work. Mm -hmm. But it was just darling, you know, that this was really special for those families, for those children. And it's, you know, just a a boost for them during such a horrendous experience to have this really special memory as part of it.
1: Definitely. All right, well, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex will receive a human rights award for their heroic stand against structural racism the monarchy. Um, A member of the Kennedy family said this, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan are to be honored the Ripple of Hope Award on December 6th at a ceremony for exemplary leaders with an unwavering commitment to social change. The New York Gala is organized by the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Foundation, named after the former U.S. Attorney General, who was assassinated back in 1968. Um, It will be hosted by Kerry Kennedy, the politician's daughter, who said the Sussexes would get the award for having the courage to take on the royal family's power structure.
2: Interesting. You know, <laughs> it, what I find really interesting about this is that um, later this month, William and Kate will be meeting with Caroline Kennedy to talk about all the wonderful work that William and Kate are doing as part of the royal family. Just shows the royal family is not the only one that's dysfunctional. I was just you know, <laughs> not the Kennedy. only one that has a, a, a rift in the family, it seems like. <laughs> right, right, like. Kind of the Kennedys have some stuff to work out here. Um <laughs> Uh, i think that you know megan and harry have done a lot um in terms of social change speaking out on important causes you know using their platform to raise awareness for certain issues uh this is a really interesting um thing for them to be awarded I
1: what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. It is. It's very interesting. And like you said, it yeah. seems like uh, they have chosen team William and, and team uh, Harry at the Kennedy's family. But <laughs> I wonder if I don't know if Harry and Megan will be in town to accept this award. It's going down on December 6th, which is two days after the Earthshot Awards that are happening in Boston. So I don't know if they're going to be crossing paths while on the East Coast. Just seems a bit awkward awkward if that's what they're gonna be meeting about. So oh, you just had the Urshot Awards. Well, I just got an award for um you know taking taking on the royal the (laughs) family's. the Royal family's power structure. So oh, I don't know about this. I don't know if they're going to be in town to accept this award. I don't, think something a, tells me they're not. It's a very interesting story. That's for sure. It, it really, it really is. Please let us know in the comments what you think about this one um, as well. All right. Well, let's continue talking about Harry and Megan and Spill Some Royal Tea because their de- Netflix documentary is reportedly being released on December 8th. She told The Cut back in August that the piece of my life I haven't been able to share that people haven't been able to see is our love story. I hope that this is the sentiment that people feel when they see any of the content or the projects that we are working on. When the media has shaped the story around you, it's really nice to be able to tell your own story.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
2: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC.
1: We really don't know much about this documentary. We don't know much about the book, What's in? what will be in it, what we'll see. But, you know, like Megan said, it's going to be focusing on
2: their love story. And, you know, I, I guess what they're like behind closed doors. I think, you know, Megan has said a couple of times that she really wants to tell her side of things, set the record straight. And something that we've talked about in the past is that Megan what Megan remembers isn't always what everyone else remembers. Mm-hmm. Um so I really hope that they um sort of tread lightly in certain respects. There are a lot of microscopes on this, you know, fact checking, making sure that any and you know, any any wavering towards the truth is going to sort of derail the whole point of this project, which seems like it's just kind of sentimental and sharing their story and their, you know, their, their love story and their family story with, with the world. Yeah. It's going to be really
1: interesting. I I wonder, you know, how people are (laughs) going to receive this, how, um, you know, how the Royal family will receive this, how in depth they're going to go about their past with the Royal family. If it's just going to focus on them and their future there's a lot of um,
2: answers, questions that we will soon have answers to. And I, and it's I, really, it's very much under lock and key. Yeah. No one seems to know what's going on except, you know, Megan, Harry and whoever's producing this show for Netflix. It's so true. I mean, we've talked to countless royal experts over the past
1: few weeks and have asked them all, you know, pretty much the same questions about this and nobody knows. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a mystery that will soon be solved. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's break down the royal rules and to help us do that chief editor-in-chief, editor-in-chief of True Royalty TV, Nick Bolin. Of course, everybody's still talking about The Crown, what's real, what's not. Well, Nick is here to break that all down. Take a look. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. It's always um, great to get your perspective and uh, get your expertise. And I know that you guys have a lot of great programming going on right now on True Royalty TV, all about the documentaries and the truth behind all this drama on The Crown, correct?
0: <sighs>
3: Absolutely. It's been a busy last few weeks. I mean, when the crown dropped, we just saw um, the searches surging across True Royalty, but trying to find out the truth. You know, pretty well every scene, you want to know, did that really happen? What really went on? So, we, yeah, we've been very busy at True Royalty with um, documentaries that take you inside the truth about Diana, inside the truth about the divorce, what really went on with the Queen and Princess Margaret, the truth about Prince Philip and sort of the supposed relationships. So, yeah, it's been a busy few weeks, but it's been fascinating. Definitely.
2: We've um, talked about this a lot, but I want to know, what were some of the glaring mistakes in this season of The Crown for you? You know, the things that you just said, oh, no, you know, that is not correct.
3: Uh, How about episode one to ten? Does that work for you? Uh, 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 No, I mean, look. It's drama, it's fiction that's somewhat based on fact. Um, and what's really interesting is this season has caught up to my life in television. And um, a number of the people that appeared in the show this year, um, this season, are people I know very well and have worked with a lot. So the Martin Bashir interview across two episodes, episodes—you um, know, I know a lot of the people involved in that whole thing. And virtually all of it, um, was um, uh, was certainly sort of wider the mark, shall I say that. And um, um, I think they didn't even go far enough in looking at how Bashir got the interview. I mean, they sort of touched on it. You know, it was incredibly fraudulent what went on there. So I think that's one section. The other sections I think are really worrying are um, pieces that sort of damage the monarchy. So for example, when um, Charles does the handover of Hong Kong, it appears that he takes um, Camilla for a, a holiday on the Royal Yacht Britannia. Simply not true. Um, the um, the idea that Diana was meeting Dodi, uh, sorry, Mohammed Al-Fayed at the Windsor Horse Show, not true. The idea that Princess Margaret and the Queen are having stand-up rows about Peter Townsend, not true. I mean, so I could just keep going on and on and on. What the Crown is very clever at is it does take... Um, sort of enough fact to be able to spin up a version of the truth. And I think that's the very clever thing. So I think people have got to watch it with, a, with an eye to this is drama um, that is based on real life events. But that's the danger is how far the real life events go. And that's what's been so great for us at True Royalty is we can say, okay, you know, um, what really happened in the, um, after the handover of Hong Kong? what really happened in Camilla and Charles's relationship. You know, there was sort of... Andrew Parker Bowles is portrayed as this cuckolded husband um, who is watching his wife sort of play away with the the Prince of Wales. The truth of it is, Andrew Parker Bowles was having a series of his own affairs. And, you know, that was... um, so the um, Camilla was in many ways just being pushed back into the arms of the man that she loved originally. So lots lots that I could go on about.
2: What were some of the most embarrassing moments um, that the royal family sort of had to revisit uh, thanks to this season of The Crown?
3: Well, I think we know one, don't we? Um, I think, you know, um, some I think of the... there
2: were a few, <laughs> but one really stands but, out, yeah. yeah.
3: Some of those phone calls, I think, were moments that the Royal Family would probably n- rather not revisit. And I'm sure, look, I'm sure most of us have had pretty ridiculous phone calls occasionally with people they we're in love with. Maybe like that conversation. <laughs> uh, 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 but, you know, I, look, I remember those tapes coming out when it first happened. Um, it was embarrassing then. It's embarrassing now, um, and I think it's a—it's um, just unfortunate they're going to live through that. There's stuff that I you know, weirdly though, I um, didn't find that some of the most awkward scenes to watch. What I felt was very difficult was the interviews. Uh, sorry, the phone calls between Diana and William when William was at Eton and um, the conversations he's having with his mother at that point it's so private. It's a young boy caught in the middle of sort of warring parents, and I just think for William and those around him, that must be very difficult to know that's being played out um, for sort of the world's entertainment. So I thought that was very difficult. Um, and then I think the um, what I thought was very awkward was the whole piece around the the Queen. And, And Penny Romsey and the Duke of Edinburgh and um, the fact that sort of the the queen is appearing to have to accept what's going on. um, I think the truth of that was really somewhat different in that, you know, um, the queen and the duke's marriage remained incredibly strong Mm -hmm. throughout their their whole lives.
1: You know, you mentioned that, you know, a lot of the people that are portrayed on the the series and obviously you worked with King Charles uh, quite a bit. Do you know if, have they watched and what is their reaction to uh, seeing their lives portrayed on screen like this?
3: I don't know if they've been watching this series. I know that um, many members of the royal family have watched the series in the past. Um, and I think in the early days, it was seen as being sort of slightly amusing, Um and um but i think as it's got closer to present day and also as it's become more period um i think people have pulled away from it a lot of people close to the king and queen this year have said that they won't be watching the series um so i don't imagine the senior royals have watched it this time around um and i think it's you know there's It's sort of it's so near to present day Mm. that I think many of the memories, many of the emotions are just too difficult to revisit. Um, So I think it's tough. Even you know the sort of the whole scene about um, the you know Penny Romsey uh, and her her daughter Leonora, who very sadly died at you know age four. You know, is that really something that you you want to be seeing being played out on television again? Um, So. Very difficult. I think, it's, I think this series has been very difficult. I think the next one will be even more difficult when we get into Diana's death.
1: I mean, and you explained before how this wasn't really portrayed in the, in the way that it, everything really went down. So did Diana feel remorse after that? And did people warn her not to do this interview? <sighs>
3: Absolutely. Um, I know um, one newspaper editor who was having lunch with her on the day that she did the interview. And um, he was having lunch in Kensington Palace with her and the cameras were being set up upstairs. And she said to him, Diana said to him, I'm thinking about doing this thing, not saying it was happening that night. And um, the editor said, do not under any circumstances, you should not do this. Um, So even on the day she was being told not to do it. Um, and I think in the initial days after, she really felt she'd got her voice out there and she also believed what Bashir had told her um, about um, the, the the security services listening to her and what was going on. Um, And um, But I think as more clarity set in, it became more and more apparent it was a huge mistake. And I think by the end, she realised she shouldn't do it. I mean, to be fair, what The Crown did get right was the fact that Charles Spencer, her brother, had started to have misgivings about Bashir before the interview and had tried to persuade Diana that this perhaps wasn't the right way to go about it. But, you know... um, as we, as we all saw in, this, in, the, in the show, you know, Bashir was um, recreating bank statements, trying to claim that people were being paid by the security services. And if someone shows you that, you probably do believe it, um, even if you're not already paranoid about what's going on. Um, so um, uh, I think she did regret it. Absolutely
1: all right well let's get into our pint-sized palace and it appears that prince george has a passion for fashion i love the story he was supposedly <laughs> infatuated with craig david's bright blue sequin outfit at the queen's platinum jubilee and raved about it to his father prince william um uh, craig david told jonathan ross prince william walks over he comes over says my son george was going crazy for the blue sequined outfit that you were wearing my mom was there i said lovely to meet you love that george love the outfit
2: I love that. That was sweet. I love these little tidbit stories um, about, you know, the royal children. Uh, Just you can imagine that conversation between Prince William and his oldest son, him sort of in that little boy way, like being so taken by a blue sequin jumpsuit
1: totally i wonder if he went out and got it for him i hope he did I know too. right that's,
2: <laughs> I the, love the, it. that's what's lucky about being a prince is that your dad can go out and you know have it re have the royal dressmaker whip something up for I, I love it so much well christine thank you for breaking down all things royals with me as always this was a lot of fun to talk about, even though not much happened. There was, We had some uh, good stories this week. Definitely some good stories. And something
1: for us to look forward to next week, Christine and I are going to be breaking down our Royals holiday gift guides. So get ready for that. We're super excited to share um, some of the things that we have found that we are sure that you guys are absolutely going to love. So um, in the meantime, keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we will see you guys next week.